The TV fans are taking over. This is Across the Airwaves. You're different. Now don't let anyone tell you that you have nothing to offer. Second chances don't come around all that often. I suggest you take a really close look at it. episode of the Marvelverse podcast. Across the Airways weekly podcast, reviewing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Gage and Carter, Marvel's Netflix shows, and the movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Dan Schmidt, your Geek Celsius host. Okay, we've got a whole bunch of people here. The leader of Colson's Army, our social media guru, got a guy who just loves cookies, my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, everyone, it's Josh. I'm sorry, Nikki. Go ahead. Hi, it's Nikki. Hey, it's Josh. Hey, it's James. I like cookies a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Guess we have our own cookie monster. Om nom 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 nom. Okay, um, Nikki, after all that insanity, why don't you tell everyone what's happening on this week's episode? Today we're going to be discussing episode 15 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and listener feedback. All right, but before we get into all of that... We have a news with Nico section this week. So take it away, Nico. Deadpool, the highest grossing R-rated film ever. That's right, the little foul mouth engine that could, Deadpool, is now the highest grossing R-rated film of all time, despite a relative slim production budget and a February release date. So far, according to Box Office Mojo, the film has grossed a whopping worldwide total of nearly $746 million, which is enough to supplant the previous chart topper, The Matrix Reloaded, which came in at a grand total of $742.1 million. Domestically, Deadpool is only number three, however, with $349.5 million, but considering the film is still going strong in theaters, there's an excellent chance it can topple both American Sniper, which is number two, with 350.1 million, and The Passion of the Christ, which is number one, with 370.8 million. While this is obviously stellar news for director Tim Miller and star Ryan Reynolds, as well as everyone else involved with the film, a sequel is already in the works, which means audiences have done their job of convincing Hollywood that this is the type of movie that should be gracing silver screens. But remember, The Deadpool was successful not only because it delivered R-rated raunch, but also took risks, challenged the establishment, and chiefly was faithful to the source material. I just hope the studio does not get involved in the sequel and screw it up. Remember, it worked because the studio stayed out of the production, and that needs to happen with the sequel. Alright. So with that, we're going to dive right into talking about an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode that I think gave us a lot of speculating about what's to come, mm-hmm. especially regarding that scene in the spaceship or Quidjet or whatever that's exploding, I think, to the way that scene goes. Yep. So, we'll get to all of yeah. that. Got more about Lash, too, as we talk about the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode, Contentled Space Time. When Agent Daisy Johnson gets a horrifying glimpse of the future, S.H.I.E.L.D. races to prove that fate is not fixed. 
Well, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Quite I don't think so. Good <laughs> depends on what universe you're in. Well, true. <laughs> First, we're going to talk about the vision for the week. Okay, we're not talking about the superhero. We're talking about the vision Daisy had of the future. Okay, what did you guys get out of that when you first saw it? I know it kind of played out in the episode, but what were you thinking? Personally, I already I knew right off the bat that the flashing light and all that kind of stuff was fire. I mean, you can see the sparks. You know, if you know fire at all, watch enough TV, then you know that the glow and stuff was from a fire. And when when it showed Simmons and Fitz holding hands and it looked like snow, I have to say that my first impression was that wasn't snow. I I thought it was ash. I thought it was so hive stuff. I called it. I thought it was hive stuff. Like hive had just exploded his stuff, his um, like his powder all over the world or whatever, and just like it was raining down. It's a cool idea. I also thought. I also like when I when the episode played out. I didn't think uh, the thing that I saw coming the least was actually that um, Colson was shooting at a two way mirror. I thought he literally was shooting at somebody that wasn't that was uh, very near Daisy. Yeah, I I have to say that too. But turns out it was a reflection of Daisy he was shooting at. Yeah. So that was interesting. <laughs> well, actually, it was, it was more like he was shooting at a reflection of himself, I guess. <laughs> mm. It was clever how they thought out out that sequence of events. To really fake us yeah. out. That's a big, the brilliant mm-hmm. thing, I thought. I thought um, Lincoln's bl- head, bloody head was coming from a fight with Lash, not from the fire, fire extinguisher, because I knew Lash was probably going to show up if, if uh, Lincoln was bloody, so. Yeah, I, I thought he, like, with, with Hive, I thought he tried to absorb Lincoln, because that was him, like, yeah, that... after he escaped. Because you'd already kind of stuck the skin off those guys and made them skeletons. I thought it was going to be like him injured. Well, those are regular humans, though, so yeah. Right. I just thought he'd be like somehow injured by Hive, but God, Hive can't hurt kid humans, right? So I forgot about that. Well, he doesn't. Well, he can't. Well, he can no. hurt them. He just doesn't want to. Yeah, and he even ordered people kill, kill, kill only the humans. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing to note. Does everybody else notice that he doesn't just suck the flesh off the bones? You notice they don't have any clothes either. Right. It's like he breaks down even the very fabric. It's like he's filled with a bunch of moths. <laughs> yeah. I thought some of the things he did was a little bit more violent than a TV PGV rating for the episode. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Mark Kolpak actually said that the mel- melting faces was a homage to um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So if you can show yeah, Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark on TV, then you can show that, I guess. <laughs> well, of course it is, yeah. That movie was PG, by the way. So, yeah, that works. The, the, yeah. Head, the head crushing with Malik, that was intense, too. Yeah. I was like, when I when he was fighting Daisy, I was like, wow, this is brutal. Oh, it's yeah. Like, like, it's just, wow. Yeah, he <laughs> crossed the line when he, uh, when he crushed that guy's skull. And I think that uh, it just tipped him. Yep. As if he wasn't tipped already. Yeah, he got a taste of that power, and he liked it. Which is what Hive wanted. It was interesting how that connected to Colton's hand that he left behind when he mm-hmm. killed Ward. Yep. Apparently, yeah. apparently Hive has a sentimental streak on him. Yes. In order to keep that well, memento. I do have to wonder like how much of it is... Um... Hive and how much of it is actually Grant Ward because it does seem like um, there's a little there's a lot of vindictiveness left in Hive that's kind of residual. I agree with that. I think it makes it more interesting when there is still that venomosity and hatred towards Coulson. God, I think mm-hmm. it goes the other way around too. Well, if if he hadn't killed Ward, Hive couldn't have taken over his body. So 
True. You should, yeah. you know, be a little grateful. Say thank you, maybe. <laughs> send some flowers. Yeah. And send, and send, yeah, send, maybe he should send cookies through you, you know, to order some cookies. Send. Now, anybody else think the greatest moment of the entire episode was the look on Colson, Simmons, Fitz, and Lincoln's face when they see Ward. Yeah, yeah they were just like, that jo- all the I mean, draws the, just dropped. They were like... Yeah, not just dropped, but the look of, holy crap, what the hell and what? You know? <laughs> Especially from Colson. Colson's face just, it was just pure, total shock. You know? Because one of those oosh moments, yes. Wow, dance shit. Oh. Uh, sorry, it came out. <laughs> that's, that's, how, that's where I was at that moment. I was like, whoa. Yeah. The way they filmed that with with the whole gub, the, the way it was like, they should have flash of him because of the signal cut out. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. That just added to the intensity. I like that it was very obvious that Hive knew exactly what he was doing and knew exactly who was watching him. Yes. And that fits fits had my favorite moment where he just said whatever that is that's that's not grant ward yeah unfortunately i think that's something else (laughs) yeah props to the writers when i mean we've known about ward hive we've known about him for a couple episodes now a few episodes the others have not but props to the writers and the acting that when the moment came we still were saying oh crap what kind of thing. We were reacting the same way Colson and them were. And that's because they drew us in and made us see from their point of view. Well, we thought they mm-hmm. were on top of everything with Colson's clever plan to say, everyone stay at the base. We're going to beat mm-hmm. this time travel thing. Because using Terminator rules, because we're going to outsmart this thing. Because then when Gandrew shows up, because then they see Hive. It was just like, oh crap. There's no way around this. They're going to have to go. Yeah. Because we bought that. We knew. There was no choice at that point. Yeah, my wife called it. My my wife actually called it. She says, um, she said at the beginning when they were going to have May go, she's like, no. She says, if if Daisy's got to go, she says, something's going to keep May back. And she looks at me and she goes, I think her husband's coming back. I think they're going to find her husband. Because they mentioned the servers. She says, I think Lash is going to appear again. And sure enough, in comes Lash. And my wife actually looks at me, raises both her arms in the air. She says, I called it. <laughs> and, I got to, and, I, and I got to cross something off my bingo card because somebody said I called it. Oh, my wife. Yeah, I think she has a surprising and great um, detective abilities. She does this a lot on a lot of other shows like Blind Spot, Blacklist, and Scandal. She calls things and they happen. She's like, Yeah, I called that. So she's really good about it. So you wanted Blind Spot Bingo as well? I, I'm wondering, I'm going to see if she took any official uh, capsules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently, uh, it doesn't even covered. seem like it needs to be official capsules because Charles was turned by rain. So, well, there's that too. But yeah. you know, I I haven't found any chunks of uh, crust in the house. So, yeah. Now, real quick, talking about the fourth dimension in time, I am going to respectfully disagree with Fitz. You know, it's not necessarily a fixed occurrence. It's how we perceive it. You know, like, for instance, all right, we, we saw the same vision that um, Daisy did. Right. And Daisy goes on to explain it. And she says that Coulson shot her. 
but not really did that happen. No, she was shooting, and it seemed to be shooting at her, but it was past her towards something else, right. as it turns out. So it, it may be perceived as one way. It doesn't mean that's how it's working out. And it, it immediately reminded me of, I don't know if you guys know the story of the Winchester Mystery House mm-hmm. here in California. The lady was the um, heiress of the Winchester Rifle Company, and she okay. was very superstitious. And a fortune was told um, by a very popular gypsy at the time um, who claimed that the woman would die the day the house stopped being built because she was building a new house. Well, this freaked her out. So she told the contractors to just keep building no matter what. And you can take a tour of the house. There are doors in the floor that don't open anywhere. There are stairs that come halfway down and stop in midair or go halfway up and then stop. Or are just stairways that go from ceiling to floor, but there's no hole for them to go through. There's stained glass windows that look out onto a wall. This house was built for just to be built. There was no purpose to it anymore. It was now just keep construction going. But as time went on, at one day, the lady died. She died. But that day, because she died and no more money was going to come to them, the contractor stopped building stopped working so she died the house stopped being built it wasn't the other way around so it's the future you can be told the future anything you want but look at the different ways of how it can be said you know she was going to die the the day this house stopped being built all right how about the fact that the house is going to stop being built the day she dies you know reverse it kind of thing Mm -hmm. so that's how they could get out of it yeah (laughs) got the air yeah because you said that's how they can get out of it with the vision Daisy saw at the end of the episode. Because the spaceship, because that could be something else. Yeah, it could be yeah. completely. I mean, we, if you want to break it down, what did we actually see? Did we see any blood, really? No. We saw some blood on the chain, maybe. We, didn't, we saw a she, the shoulder of a shield uniform. But you know what? Quinjets have extra uniforms on them. It could be just that. Now, she saw the vision, which means somebody is there. It has to be somebody there. It invo- it, all the visions involved somebody dying. Somebody died. So somebody's going to die on that one. It could be her. It could be Joey. It could be Yo-Yo. It could be Mac. It could be anybody. But it also could be the fact that maybe Lash and Hive go at it, they shove them into a Quinjet and launch it into space. So they can fight in Ragnarok. Yeah, so they can fight in Ragnarok, yeah. yeah. No, so, yeah, it's Planet planet Hulk, but this time it's, we're not as, it's not as uh, powerful. It's more like Orbit Lash instead of yeah. Planet Hulk. So, <laughs> I think that the vision now, because we see that the visions that were shown while coming true are not necessarily playing out the way they're perceived to. So let's look again at that vision at the end of the ship and uh, the Quinjet in space and what's going on and think, why is that up there? Somebody's going to die, but let's look at it again because it may not be as terrible as we think it is. Great. Mm-hmm. And now... Think, by the way, speaking of Lash, and because, um, with all due respect, I'm running out of time, can we please talk about Lash? Cause that's what I was going to get to yeah. next. Because I don't Yay! have a theory <laughs> about what 
what Andrew was saying regarding Lash, you know, there's two different personalities. Okay, he was saying something about, we don't, we might not know what the real threat he's fighting against right now. Yep, we don't know. There's a, there's a bit, yeah. What? Go ahead. And he said something like his higher purpose, yeah, higher purpose coming, and like that all of the deaths meant something, but there, but we don't know what it is yet. And I think the purpose is Hive. I do too. I I I was writing about it in my article this morning, and I haven't finished it yet. I'm so far behind. But um, I also wrote, I did write it in the uh, Marvelverse forum that we just posted last night, and when we answered questions. Uh, and I know I've posted it before in my articles, but. I think Lash is just like Lincoln said. I think the Inhumans are designed. And the fact that when they get their powers, that's not random, as Lincoln said. They have them for a reason. There's a purpose to them. Right. I think – and how Lash got his how, – how Andrew got the powers is a little bit more circumspect than, 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 than others. It was more specific – he opened a book that, technically speaking, only um, Xiaoying had access to, and it it poofed out Terrigen uh, dust into his face, and that's what caused him to turn. It's why did he open? I mean, he just opened it to that random page. He just happened to open the book. I'm going to guess that that's planned. I think personally that that Terrigen mist is designed to cause an inhuman to become Lash for a purpose. If Jaying and them had been around and all that kind of stuff, and as soon as they heard about Hive coming back or the portal opening and something coming back, they would have known Ancient Inhuman is back. This is bad. Let's release the assassin inhuman that we created just to fight him. And that's when they give the book to somebody they know who is inhuman and have them uh, open it up and become Lash. And they send him out on his mission. I think he's designed, he's a designed inhuman more than Lincoln thinks. I think he's designed specifically to hunt Hive and anybody affected by Hive. Um, if you notice, unlike anybody else, this Lash came with mental programming. He's doing this out of necessity, he feels. He doesn't know why. He's, he can't stop it. But as Andrew said, it's a purpose. There's something, some reason for it. And it's in the mind of Lash. And I think it's because his transformation and the Terrigen Mist was designed, scientifically designed by the Inhumans in order to stop Hive should he come back. Now my question is, was he killing people because there was no hive to hunt at that point because he killing any humans because there was no hive you remember he didn't kill the um he didn't kill uh daisy or joey or lincoln although he did attack lincoln but then once lincoln joined shield he actually uh took you know stopped doing that and i think it's because the andrew persona knew that they were safe and that transferred over to lash and lash realized they're clean but we don't know about these others. And the fact that the other Inhumans were being locked up and possibly being used by Hydra, it's possible that they are the enemy or infected already by this hive. At the very least, we, said, we, we found out that Hydra is ancient. 
the Hydra was designed to bring that bring back Hive. Okay, what if back in the ancient times, Hydra was a small group of um, um, zealot inhumans who believed in in the Hive and rebelled, but when Hive got tra- transported away or um, um, I forgot the name of it. But anyways, when he got kicked out, they had to go into hiding because otherwise they'd be hunted down. Right. And that's when they built up their 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 legend. So I think that Inhumans have always known about Hydra. And if that's the case, then he killed those Inhumans because they were part of Hydra, or at least you believe so. And that means they're evil, that they are trying to bring back something evil. And I think that's why he killed them. As for the others that he killed at random, I think that's just because they're not they're not shield. They may be Hydra. They're not any he recognizes because they're not from I took it as like like a preventative thing. Like he was trying yeah. to kill them. Yeah. Mercy because he knew their fate at the head. Kavlash would be much worse and a command at the head of Hive could be much worse. Because they would give Kive more power to use. Because you could take control over them. I so I think that I think that Lash is a purpose. I think that he was specifically designed by ancient Inhumans for when the day comes that Hive returns. That just in case. Mm-hmm. And I think Hydra, yeah. which has been around for a long time, is something that Inhumans have already known about, and therefore anybody associated with Hydra is considered infected. Or controlled, so that's my that's my theory. Now, do you, yeah. do you um, think that uh, Andrew's gone? Are we not going to get him um, back or any redemption? No, I, no. I don't think he's I gone either. Think, I just think it's like, yeah, I think that um, once he's done with Hive, that he'll be able to revert back. Okay. I think the purpose yeah. of Lash will be done. But on the other hand. My sad, the sad part of things being the fact that Marvel has a tendency to be a little bit more realistic. I think that once Andrew persona within Lash realizes his purpose when he comes across Hive, that he and Lash will make the ultimate sacrifice and die while killing Hive at the same time. That's why I think it's Lash and Hive in the Quinjet. I think that's why it's on autopilot. Um, that's why you don't see a pilot. I think that there was a battle among the Inhumans, and they managed to jump ship just before um, it went into orbit with Lash and Hive on board. That's, that's possible. Well, I have an idea that like maybe once uh, Lash encounters Hive, or like once the uh, team tells Lash that Hive exists and is here, like maybe Lash might. Um, like soften up a little bit, or at least be more willing to follow orders and like try to let them help him achieve his purpose. So I feel like Lash is like a rational being. If you can, if you as long as you like either help him get what he needs to do, or like um, stay out of his way. <laughs> he's the There's pressure that. of kid humans. Yeah, yeah, he's well, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Okay. There you go. Um, Except he doesn't really now, care about civilians. <laughs> Now, the one thing is, though, is that he, in order to make sure that Hive is completely gone, he's going to have to kill those affected by him, which means um, the inhuman chef and Medusa eyes. 
um, mm-hmm. among a couple. And I think, I think that's what the battle is all about. That's why we see Yo-Yo's um, um, cross and a few other things, as I think there is an inhuman battle between the inhumans of Hydra and the inhumans of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it ultimately comes down to once those others are dead, then Lash can kill Hive, knowing that Hive can't come back, even in a weakened state. Yeah, could we be seeing Never know. Daisy on the ship? Because that's what she's seeing? Because then she ejects or something? Because leaves the two of them in the ship? She see The visions show, um, show somebody dying. And right. the, guy, the guy, like at the beginning, he says, this is where I die. And he saw all that. Um, it's possible we could see Daisy die uh, or oh. explode. I don't think that's, that's going to be it. I think that she sees the death of somebody that she's close to. And I think she still cares for Andrew, you know, because when she thought she saw herself die or whatever, she was seeing the future seer guy, the fortune teller die, you know, and she would see um, yeah, and it, but see, everybody saw somebody die, but doesn't mean necessarily it's they them who were them dying. Yeah, it's not like that episode of I think it was Smallville, where there's a lady that showed her with their death. It was from their perspective. It wasn't a lady; it was a little boy. Was there a little boy that episode? It was a little boy who was able to see when he touched people. He was able to see how they would die. Right, right, exactly. And that's why it was but so cool was because when he touched Clark, all he didn't see him die. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was a cool episode, but I'm just I was trying to think. It's not from the person's perspective. It's from, it could be anybody's perspective. It's, it's possible, shit. although the more I think about it, I think, because I think Daisy was saying that she saw him die, and she can prevent that. She saw the fortune teller die. It was right. Simmons who said, what if the vision was actually Daisy dying? But it turns out, no, it's not. It was the fortune teller who died. So, she didn't see her death. She saw his death. And so that Mm -hmm. means that the vision she saw up in space is probably not her death, but it is a death. It's like what Lincoln said, where where he's like every kid he would fill in the gaps. So maybe Daisy's supposed to see these visions for her powers to fit the yig of the yeg, if that makes sense. Yeah. I just want to know, honestly, what Malik saw when Charles touched him, because it seems like he was very paranoid after the whole um, experience. (laughs) Yeah, I think he saw... Because he's afraid. And he's now had power, and he hasn't been afraid of anything. So the only thing I can think of is that either he saw his death by the hand of Hive, or... Or Guerra. Yeah, well, or Guerra, you know... Because he said to Tokiera, he was like, remember who you work for. You work for me. You're supposed so. to be by my side. Mm-hmm. And Gira basically said, no, no, not going to happen. I know I'm exactly where I need to be. And I think that freaked out um, Malik because he, he may have seen that happening. Like, okay, now that means this vision is true. It's going to come true. The only thing I can think of that would scare him outside of his death is his complete loss of power, prestige, um, his power of Hydra, you know, all that kind of stuff. And after reading about what next week is going to be about, uh, I really do think that. I think that 
it's about his lack of power, his loss of power and prestige in Hydra and in the world. You know, like it's going to be taken over by somebody. Yeah, but then again, these visions all contain a death, so whose death is he seeing? Is he seeing the future as in particular Marvel movies coming out? Oh. Like Thanos stuff or anything like that? I don't think it's Thanos. Oh, well, it might be he... something related to Civil War. Or Civil War? Because I just thought Civil War was going to be a distraction for the heroes so Hydra could come in and cause some trouble. But it, it's changing my brain now after seeing this and Malik gets so freaked out. I don't think that the explosion in the Civil War trailer that we see of the United Nations, I don't think that's caused by Hydra. Um, It makes sense to me. Because, I mean, if they're going to frame Bucky for it, then that's the best way to do it. Well, there's, yeah. Yeah. I know it's not not Bucky. I know that. But, you know, if it is Hydra, they're playing the double game again because they also are the ones who send in people to go to... um, the official team to go get Bucky. I think I'm wondering if uh, I don't know. I think the ATCU is going to play a part in, in it. Yeah. Yeah. But in, in this in this regards in this regards with the with the show, I think his vision is of his death or at least a massive amounts of pain. But I think it is his death, and that's what's freaking him out because. It's going to happen soon. Right. If you notice, if you notice, so far all the visions that we saw have happened relatively quickly, mm-hmm. within days, or maybe yeah. less than maybe hours. So they could kill him off next week. Give it his stuff. That they could. The other thing is, the vision that that Daisy saw at the end is the exact same thing we saw at the winter premiere, the beginning right. of March. Three months from- right. And that means Just three months from we're, the- yeah we're we're one month in you know we still have two more months to go yeah, until that until that happens and we still have to deal with civil war and all that kind of stuff I think we're in for a a, a bumpy ride folks all these shows that are our god TV shows right now are playing the who's gonna die game or how's the gonna get killed game right now. So yeah, that's just shows. messed up. Yes, three shows they could name right now. They're playing that game with us. Uh, Walking Dead. Yes. Agents of Shield. Good Arrow. And an Arrow. Oh, I'm not cut up on Arrow. Okay. Well, that's been all season though with Arrow. Oh, oh, I think that's uh, I, the one the the tombstone that they're yeah, at. The tombstone, yeah. Yeah, I think it's um. My personal theory, and I haven't seen the last two or three episodes of Arrow because I've been very busy. Yeah. But my personal theory is that it's um, um, Felicity's mom. Possibly. Gotta want to give anything away for you, but that's another show. I want to know what Hive is up to. Why does he care about the technology? Why does he really yeah. care about the technology? It's not like he needs it to amplify his power, kind of like uh, mm-hmm. what Kilgrave is trying to do, kind of Jessica Jones. There's that, but does he really need to amplify his power? Is he going to try to? Is he going to try to spread himself out on a worldwide scale in order to affect all Inhumans, and that's yeah. how he builds his army? Well, um, uh, he's uh, um, told. Well, like I think the Agents of Shield Twitter account said that it seems it's pretty obvious that um, 
Hive can read Gideon like a book, and then Brett made his funny pun about Les Miserables and all that, but um, <laughs> I feel like Hive can see like exactly who Gideon is, so I think if he can, like, what he's doing is he's trying to tempt Gideon with all this power, and then he knows that if he can get him to the point where he like gets too drunk on it, he can like slip in there and get Gideon off of this and like let, take the Inhumans all for himself. Yeah, he's yeah. Gideon. yeah, Gideon is not long for this world. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. Um, but the quite I mean, a lot of people that I've been talking to, they also think that um, Hive is somehow going to bring back Whitehall as the Kraken, and right. I don't think so now. I don't think so now. I think Whitehall is coming back primarily as a throwback, as a flashback. So we'll see it like in the forties. Well, yeah. maybe in the forties, but I think it'll be also be Today's after he came right. back. Well, see, after he came back and be and uh, took over Hydra for a while. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, he took he you know he did all that that mesmerizing stuff you know like with Agent Thirty Three and um, I think during that time is when he dealt with Malak as well. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. I think I mm-hmm. think it's funny though. I think that Whitehall was kind of how he did things separately from the rest of Hydra. It's almost like he was the red skull of of the modern times you know malik was running hydra kind of like hitler was running germany but then red skull was doing his own thing um under hydra and so was whitehall yeah yeah you know but was that whitehall under red skull originally yes okay yeah just kind of kept doing red skull's thing yeah the rest of hydra Mm might have moved away from that Kind of yeah, I think. Modernized. Yeah, because Whitehall didn't really care that much about finding um, the obelisk, uh, not the obelisk, but the monolith and ways to this other world. He did want the obelisk, but he wanted it because it granted powers, it granted abilities. Right, kind of like how Red Skull wanted the cube in order to right. grant abilities and grant power. Well, meanwhile, you know, um, Hydra is supposed to be hunting for the monolith and ways to bring back the ancient and human hive. And Whitehall wasn't quite going along that route, just like Red Skull wasn't going along the route that Hitler wanted him to. Right. You know, or the route of finding, so, or the route of finding um, Hive. Also, he was just Red, Red Skull was really just using Hive's resources and Hitler's resources at the same time, just to. Create a powerful world domination. Yeah, yeah. It's it, there's a remarkable similarities, and it just goes to prove history repeats itself. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, but then if history repeats itself, then are visions of the future visions of the future, or just saying we've seen this so many times? We've this has happened so many times before that. This isn't. This is just a flashback. This is a or a flash forward. You know, the, it makes you wonder if history repeats itself over and over on a loop. At what point in time are you glancing the future, or just having deja vu? <laughs> I've got I, my uh, Yeah, my brain hurts. <laughs> oh, I love this stuff. Timelines and talking about um, time itself and how it flows and. What it can mean, that's that's my passion stuff right there. I, I knew as soon as they started the time travel theories. Good. Fitz came out with the example. Cause my Josh is going to be all over this. 
Because this is like Josh's thing. So I got in there and it's like, he's going to make our heads spin tomorrow. And I did. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Okay, I did my job. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's stuff like that that just makes you question whether or not there is time. Is time <laughs> really... But we can we can get into metaphysics later. Yeah. <laughs> you know? If you were to take away all clocks and stuff like that, and, you know, it makes me wonder. If you took away all clocks and there was no t- watches, no clocks, nothing to keep time, and if you happened to be blind and therefore could not see the sun rise and set, how do you factor time? Does time even flow for you? You know, how tired would well, you be? Like it, would you get Would you get tired, and uh, every eight hours or so, and would you sleep for eight hours, or would you only sleep what your body needs, and then be done with it? You know, and wake up when you're ready. You know, <laughs> things like that just mess with my head, and I love it. You are now entering the Twilight Zone podcast. We have indeed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, can we go back to Andrew and May for a second, though? Yes. Yeah. Um, just to talk about like how much um, how those scenes with them together was like really poignant and heartbreaking, and just mm. I really yeah. I've always liked Andrew as a character, even even after he became Lash. I just think like he's just a such a he's just like such a sad story, and I just wish that like he had a he deserves better. I feel like because he did um, help all those people like find their own like. Um, happiness and security. So. Yeah, the the part that I felt was really sad was May was saying, you know, I would change it all kind of thing. And I don't know that I agree that she actually would. I mean, she wants to think that she would because she's trying to protect them, yeah. you know. But on the other hand, she was crying when he changed. Yeah. She was sad because she lost him. And I have a feeling that she's also going to have regrets not saying what she wanted to say in the first place. Yeah. You know? That's the kind yeah. of character she is. Yeah. That's, but, she, yeah, she's got to be tough and all that kind of stuff. And I think that that's sad when you're, the persona that you have built up has taken over your true self. And it makes me wonder which one of them changed for the worse. True. Andrew to Lash or her to the cavalry. You know? Yeah. Who's, who now has it the worst? Because she's got to go on with all the memories of who she is and all the decisions she's made and having to protect everybody and keep everybody at a distance. It's a lonely existence that she's brought on for herself. Lash didn't have a choice or Andrew didn't have a choice. He reverted because he couldn't stop it. You know? Mm-hmm. So which one of them is actually made you know made the best the best decision, or which one of them has it worse? I think um, I, have to, I also have to say I'm glad that Col- I really feel I think she, May is going to really um, like uh, appreciate that Coulson made her stay behind in the end because she really um, it seems like she she really like helped her at least maybe not as much as it could have but it helped her enough enough that she like can maybe be at peace with this. Maybe. There's some closure, yes. Yeah. Coulson was afraid of what she would become as well, because she did get that opportunity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More unfeeling. Yes, but there's only so much he could have done, because it was the right call. 
but I still think May is going to have a problem. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I also think that um, it will probably be May who figures out the purpose of Lash because she's going to be there talking. She's going to try to talk to him and see if she can get through. And maybe there's something left of Andrew in there, you know, and she's going to hope and plead for that kind of thing. And I think that when she gets to talking with him, she's going to find out. And that's when things are going to start speeding up then. So you think Lash is going to be, be someone the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. team's going to interact with and try to talk to? I think so. I okay. think that... Because he's, he's, I think he's tried to communicate before. Yeah, he, he can talk. He can talk for sure, but he just, like, he doesn't choose to. <laughs> yeah. So I think that now that he has fully committed to the Lash, and he's completely Lash now, I think we're going to see that he might actually know his purpose and be able to talk about it. And uh, hopefully... Then we can say, oh, we're, we're on the same side, dude. You know? Well, actually, I mean, didn't even Lincoln say, like, you should be... Well, actually, no, someone said, you should be helping him. He's he's out, he's doing something good here or whatever. Like, I remember someone said that at one point during the Lash saga. No, but it wasn't Lincoln, because Lincoln wanted to kill him. Yeah, you know, so he, it was the guy that Coulson Lash picked up. Kill him. It, was the guy that, it was the guy that Coulson picked up when um, that was helping Lash with the beginning, just with his hand, yeah, just like... Yeah. The one who uh, was allergic to inhumans? Yeah. <laughs> yep. And there's a terrible power. You're like, it's almost like Caliban in the movies. Caliban, and not movies, the, the comics. Caliban was a mutant who was able to sense and hunt and find other mutants. He could sense yeah. the change in them and the difference. Mm -hmm. And so this guy, you know, he's allergic to them, but he can sense them. He knows where, you know, when he's around them, he's like, oh, you're inhuman. I got you. Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. oh. um, yeah, that's messed up. Yeah. I do wonder, though, like, if um, maybe the vaccine didn't entirely work in preventing Andrew from changing into Lash, but what if it bought him, like, one or two more reversions back into Andrew? Or uh, maybe like, even allowed him to merge with the Lash and be able not so much control it, but maybe speak with it, or have some mm -hmm. kind of like the firestorm in Legends of Tomorrow. There's okay. two perso persons, personas. Mm -hmm. That's my thought. We're gonna hear a voiceover. Blair Underwood talking to Lash. If they do, that's too much like DC, and I think that they're not going to do that. But uh, I think it, I think it's just yeah. I think it's just gonna be Matt. I think they're gonna be relying on Matthew Willig's acting ability to like. Con to like convey that as one personality is Lash and one personality is Andrew by how he talks because Matthew Willey could probably act it's probably it's pretty sure, I'm pretty certain he can act too in addition to just being like a bruiser like Lash so you know. oh, yeah do you think Deck Jones yeah I agree so what do you think yeah. Deck Jones Deck Jones could talk about wearing a costume yeah um but yeah, that's. I think. I think that was a heartfelt moment, and I think that she's going to be the one that helps discover Lash's true ability or true purpose. And I look forward to that fight. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I almost. I almost. I mean, because Hive, he he so far hasn't. We don't know for sure if he can even hurt 
other Inhumans. We know that he can kind of influence them, you know, because, I mean, Guerre, or Inhuman Chef, whatever his name is, he, he was completely loyal to Hydra and to Malik, like completely. And all we saw was that Hive showed off some uh, um, sand skin or whatever, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it, there's a conversion. You know, and this guy's now loyal to Hive. And it, I think it really does c- come about that he doesn't just show them what he can do. Like, he can't affect, he can't take over the body of somebody. But what if he has a little bits of him inside their mind making them susceptible to him or loyal to him? And I think that's why Lash is killing, kills Inhumans is because they might be affected by him. So can, the question then comes, can Hive really cause any harm to Lash? Can he affect him, infect him? Well, the thing is, like, um, why Hive is, like, so far, we, we're going to see his full form next week, but I wonder, like, what, how big Hive really is, like, physically, because um, the body of Grant Ward is just a regular human body, but Lash is a huge freaking monster of a... Um, being so, I feel like Hive is either <laughs> equal in size. Equal in size. So- <laughs> Hive is either equal in size, or he's um, uh, maybe like smaller and speedier. But Lash is like a big, strong guy, so he can like. There's a um, uh, contrast between them. I'm not sure how they're going to play it. So. I think it'll still be Ward in costume, or yeah. partial CGI. Yeah. I think they'll keep it as as Ward, looking like Ward. But every now and then he'll show his self. Like at the end of Jessica Jones, when Purple Man screamed and he actually started to turn purple, but then it faded, yeah. kind of thing. I think that during the height of using his powers, we'll see parts of him come out. You know, little tendrils or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think I think it'll still be Ward, which means he'll still be skinnier than um, right. Lash. I think Lash is built for endurance and power and strength and being able to withstand things. And Hive, which is basically literally a hive of little parasites, um, is going to be skinnier. Yeah, you know? well, maybe, okay, here's the thing. Maybe Lash is meant to be a one-man army against whatever army Hive can bring up. I think yeah, that's what that. it is, really. Keeps it tight. Yeah. It's basically what he is. For those of you that play RPG games, because that character that <laughs> yep. takes called the punishments. Oh yeah, yeah, he's the tank. Yeah, he's the tank. And Hive is just the assassin. He's the uh, thief. The yeah, the other thing one is one that's nimble. I think you have Andrew, Gadlash, both personalities want to get Hive because he does look like Grant Ward. Can we know how May feels? Come out, Grant Ward. Can we all know yeah, yeah and what's book. funny is, can you imagine what her thinking is? Is that she slept with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, that, that that reminds me. No, one person on the team really doesn't, still doesn't know that um, uh, Hive has taken over Grant Ward's body, and it's Daisy. May. Daisy. Yeah. Oh, May finds yeah, out this week. Da- Daisy doesn't know yet. May and Daisy don't know. Yep. May's gonna find out next week, obviously, but we don't know about Daisy. So wow. yeah, I have a feeling they'll tell her. No wait, 
Daisy knows. Yeah, because Colton oh. says Colts, Grant Colts. Ward. Oh yeah, the day got weirder. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, so the yeah, only yeah, person yeah, who yeah. doesn't know. Just wait, right. there's two people who don't know. May and Mac. Oh yeah. Mac. Oh yeah. Well, we don't know. Well, Max. Mac's always disappearing, so this is weird. I don't know where. Where does Mac go? He's a day for. No, he. They oh, said wait, he's he recovering it. from his injuries. Oh okay. Okay. Yeah. You just gotta listen. What What are you guys listening to? It's no wonder you only got eight <laughs> spots on bingo. We're trying to get the time travel straight, Josh. We're not as fast with that. <laughs> I already you got right that. There, huh? You alright? You there? okay, dear? Yeah, I was just uh, coughing. Sorry. Ah, uh, that sucks. Well, just I haven't heard much from you, dear. Well, there's not much for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are doing just fine without me. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to take over because I've got to leave. All right. So, okay. So it's all you guys. You guys have fun, and I will talk to you all later. Thanks, Josh, for all the theories. Good stuff. No problem. Yeah. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 Okay. Oh. So. So what haven't we talked about yet? I was gonna say, I like that we're kind of back to. Romance brewing with fits and sevens again, with the hand holding. Yeah. Kind of saying it's inevitable. Nice sweet moment for all of us. Yeah. Yes, that was a great moment. Yeah. That, yeah, she just grabbed her hand and I was like, Simmons, you beauty. <laughs> At least you're not calling each other doctor again. Uh, I just, I really was, I really loved when they were planning out the attack. It's like as Daisy remembered it from the vision. I thought that was just a really, really smart thing to do that I don't think a lot of people would have thought of. And it's like, okay, we see the future. But she was like, no, I want to change this. I want to make it so that this stuff doesn't happen. So I have to know exactly the ins and outs of everything I saw. And the way she worked it out and the way she they set it up for her to come in and do that, I think was a really great idea. And I really enjoyed seeing that, especially because you got to see Simmons do things she would normally do. And Fitz playing with his fingers as a gun. And I thought that it was very clever. It was great writing. And I thought they did such a, a great job with it. When they were like, "This, okay, May, this is what you have to, this is what I saw. This is what you need to do. And Even if it all turned prepare. out to be for naught. <laughs> really. But it was a great sequence of, of scenes. And I thought, you know, that it was really, really clever. Can and well done. That's what I called it. It's like it's turned into an improv class. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to say, and now we're going to set this in a pet store. Okay, give me a location. Give me a location. Hive headquarters. Okay, let's go. Uh, having taken many an improv class. Uh, <laughs> so shout out a location. Shout out a problem. Uh, somebody's trying to take over the world. Okay, where? Where are we? We're at Disneyland. Okay, let's do this. Okay, go. So. <laughs> sounds like um, it sounds like uh, Daisy could benefit from an improv class someday. <laughs> yeah, they should have thrown in a uh, cool science in any way. Hoedown in there, front on Ryan Styles for the hoedown. Gabby Ryan, Ryan or Colin, yeah, yep. <laughs> or Greg Proops who's always my favorite. Could you bring uh, Patton Oswalt back? Yeah, I I'm I'm ready to bring Patton. I'm ready for Patton to come back. Yeah, that's okay, Dick, too, yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I'm always... Yeah, I w- <laughs> I'm always ready for <laughs> Yeah, I miss the Koenigs. I wonder... I just, like, I feel like... Um, yeah, I can understand why Patton Oswalt, like, 
doesn't do the show on a regular basis, but I feel like he'd be a great addition to the cast if he was to become a regular. Like, or recurring, just... more recurring than he is. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. They can't fit back into every episode. So it's like, I don't know if they do with the additional character of Koenig. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just um funny. Like, looking at all the recurring characters who, like, we don't really see rarely and just, like, wonder... um. Like what Shield does with them when they're not uh, around on the actual show. Like Doug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, they're always, you know, they're always in the background in a big show like this. You know, they always have a large extra cast. Um, having been an extra, I could tell you, it's not the most fun job in the world. Um, but <laughs> it's it's a lot of sitting around and waiting. Um, but they keep them pretty busy, and there's like. They, I'm sure some of them get to play multiple kinds of characters because nobody really pays attention to the people in the background. Yeah, I'm sure some <laughs> of the, our shield agents are ATCU agents and are you know in the riot gear or you know so. Or maybe half of them are damage control, but they well, we haven't actually thought they haven't said anything yet. <laughs> right. Doug is no. arbitrarily turning knobs in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That man's really... playing Galaga. <laughs> wouldn't notice. But we did. But we did. <laughs> I, I did love the, the scene with, with Daisy and Charles, the the seer, where mm-hmm. they came together, where she sa- he saved her and she saved him for a minute. I just thought it was really a very sweet moment. I thought the acting was just spot on. I thought Chloe did a brilliant job. I was very proud of her. And I just, he's like, I, you know, I thought I was supposed to save you. You were supposed to save me. And I think <laughs> she knew, she knew that somebody, that he was going to die. But uh, I just, I thought their interaction was very sweet. And how she promised to take care of his daughter well, and it, to look it, at it, her. I felt like that put the, more, the responsibility on her to take care of those mm-hmm. characters. More so. I mean, it's already kind of been there. But this is another example. It's like. This is your destiny. This is what you're supposed to do. You need to take care of these people. You do better than your mother right. did. Yes, exactly. You're you're gonna be you're gonna have a similar role, but you're going to do it for the right reasons and not selfish and power power mad reasons. You want to protect them. You're not trying to use them. Isn't there a little girl that's a secret warrior? Or has something to do with secret warriors? That has powers. I don't remember, but I don't think this little one has, because she's 18 months old already. Oh, I don't a, think. Because a baby. Yeah. I thought it was a the, little No, Ro- the daughter of this okay. of Charles. He, she was. They said, well, she he left an 18 month old when he left, so she's mm-hmm. probably two now. Okay, I, uh, I thought she was like 13, 14. No, of, so she's yeah, probably I was, not. I thought she was like maybe like a. Like three or four or something like that. So oh, that's what I got a picture of. So. Yeah, she because he said when his wife comes in, he's, he left, or they were talking about him after they found out about him. They said he left his wife and an 18 month old daughter. Mm-hmm. And so, based on how long ago he left, she's probably two, two and a half. Yeah. And the fact um, that he left to protect her, and I just thought it was, it showed what real sacrifice is. Could I love that little line from Colson where he said, to one of his agents, get the little girl something nice. Yeah. Greg, I just thought that was just, it was good seeing the Karen Colton get this episode. 
Because mm-hmm. last week he was a little contents. <laughs> yeah. I, I did, did anyone else think heart. that the actor who played Charles looked like Jeff, looked like Jeff Daniels? A little bit. Uh, a little bit, but I kept trying. I've seen that actor before, and I was my thing was like, where have I seen him before? So I wasn't really thinking about Jeff Daniels. But yeah, there's definitely that kind of everyman charming kind of look to him that Jeff Daniels has. He just yeah, he just looked like you look like you remind me of Jeff Daniels like in Dumb and Dumber or something like that. Just that kind of like dirty, grindy look, but also like you can totally see the boyish charm in there. So the dude. Yeah. No, that's Jeff Bridges. <laughs> It's okay, most people get Bill Pullman and Jeff Daniels confused. I can't see that. I can see Jeff Daniels popping up in a Marvel movie. He seems like someone that they would try to throw in there since they could get people like Kate Blanchett, though. Well, he's Jeff Daniels is a very superb actor, so Marvel likes I mean, they've got, look what's coming up in Doctor Strange, so... Yep. Look what we've already had. I mean, you've got Downey, who's just an exceptional actor. You've got Renner. You've got Samuel L. Jackson. You've I mean all the cast. But you also have you get then you get Robert Redford, Clark, of course, the top of the top. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you get Robert Redford. You get Hugo Weaving. You get you know Anthony Hopkins. So I mean, there's act they're they're going for the talent. In these films, I can't think of a weak link in the Marvel films. You know, in this new generation, I mean, we can you know talk about the early Marvel films, like you know, the first Hulk or the Fantastic Fours that are awful. But but you have to give them credit, even with this show, for them finding good young actors. Oh yeah. Yes. Like they, they, they found have the star power, but they've got some great people that are young mm-hmm. actors upcoming. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, they found Grant, they found Brett Dalton, they found Chloe Bennett, you know, and Elizabeth and Ian. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you have a, a core group of, you know, pretty classically trained, well-known established actors like Ming-Na and Clark. Uh, and then you bring in these young kids, so, so to speak, to kind of be mentored. And you can see that the process kind of is is not just on the screen as their characters are being mentored, but you have these seasoned actors who are also helping them in their, this new career. Well, it seems like that's a thing that Disney's trying to do as, cause a whole, cause you're getting that in star Wars. Cause well, with episode seven. Mm-hmm. Right. Films. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, so it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So does that sum mm-hmm. up the episode for everybody? Pretty much. Yeah. I think so. Okay. We're going to dive Get a listener feedback. Greens have got some great stuff from our listeners, and I know they're excited about what's to come for Shield just as much as we are. So, Nikki, take it away with what's going on with everything. Okay, from Twitter, uh, Catwoman1, maybe he can have Iron, maybe Iron Chef can beat up Malik for Hive and for Hive to slurp, and we watch. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, ooh, Hive's darkness is rubbing off on me. Uh, thoughts are hard to come by when you are so creeped out by Hive's uh, too soothing serpent-like voice, giving me nightmares and insomnia. Is I wonder if he speaks uh, parcel tongue. <laughs> At Roger Robertson, one every time War picked up that hand, I was hoping for, for for some residual muscle memory and extend the middle finger. 
Colson pulls a Deadpool. <laughs> I, I, I love that. That wasn't even like with me with me asking for feedback. That was just something he commented on something I said. Um, <laughs> okay, from Aaron at Rain at Rainbees. It would be great if once in a while Agents of Shield had an episode that wasn't fun, exciting, or jaw dropping. A nice crap episode would let me breathe and have some time to myself and not have to blather on endlessly about how much I love the series. But I guess tonight's <laughs> not the night. Though I don't have the energy for the endless weather, just a few minutes of it. I really, uh, just a few minutes of it, really, and then I'm off to Dreamland. I hope I get Colson dreams rather than the Walking Dead Negan nightmares I expected Sunday night. Gonna be weird next season watching Jeffrey Dean Morgan be so evil. Uh, oops, going off topic. Jeffrey Dean Morgan not evil. Supernatural. He wasn't evil as the com- He was yeah. He wasn't evil as the comedian. He was just you know kind of a dick. Yeah. Um, which he is in the book comic. Um, oops, going off topic there. Back to why we're all here. My tweets are yours. Uh, I just saw your retweet from, from Midnight Fairy that said, "Hey, Hive Neo called." <laughs> I wanted to mention the Matrix when I saw that too, but there was too much, so much to tweet today, and it was funnier than anything I could have come up with. Yeah, it was. Beth was really funny last night. Um, okay, now that I'm done interrupting myself, and before my battery dies, and before my tired eyes dry up and shrivel let's get back to it here are my reactions to space time just a few minutes in and i'm already dreading how this ends seeing the future was upsetting you're hurting my brain mine too may <laughs> still i didn't love time stuff still if i didn't love time stuff i wouldn't watch doctor who there was a lot of doctor who references last night just which so is awesome. good i never saw the original terminator you're off the team oh colson and lincoln getting closer <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say I've never seen all of the original Terminator. I've seen parts of it. Uh, I'm just, I'm just not. I hate Schwarzenegger. Um, I always have ever since I was a kid. Um, I love funny bond building moments between characters. Hopefully they watch eventually. I hope they eventually watch Terminator together. <laughs> uh, quote: Every move we make changes the future. The real feat would be changing the past. That was a great quote. I wanted to give May hugs, but be, I'd be afraid I'd get punched. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, quote, you're confused. I said I'd show you what would happen. Gosh, Hive Ward is so nice. We just, guess, <laughs> we just start calling him, like, Wave Ward and Hive together. Shipper name? All those... Af- <laughs> yeah, because you know how much I love shipping. All those effects <laughs> when he, he kills sure are gruesome. Uh, for God's sakes... Guy, come home. Oh, Colson messed up her name again. He's scared for her, and now so am I. I live for the sweet moments between those two, and Colson sure was right to be concerned, but damn, that girl is a survivor. And she tweeted to Clark, Yeah, day got weirder. I couldn't have loved your delivery of the line more. I thought that was a great. I was like, Yeah, just wait. <laughs> I couldn't imagine this show without humor. In the end with all those embers. What a beautiful episode. But really sad for Charles and the bird he made for his daughter. And since I saw the preview, I had to add, you didn't kill him hard enough. I'm guessing it will be my favorite funny line of next of the next episode. Sad that Charles was such a had has such a hard time changing the future. He should have watched the dead zone for some pointers. <laughs> and so since Malik uh, nearly beat Daisy to death, I sure hope Colson will return the favor tenfold. He squeezed a man's head like the frickin' mountain. He needs his comeuppance. He did. Yeah. 
Uh, not as gruesome as Game of Thrones, but right. okay. 1% battery left just in time. Good night, Aaron. Okay. And Morgan's email. Hey, Nikki, Dan, Josh, and James. I have a lot to say this week, but that's nothing new. First, can we all agree that this was one of the best episodes of the season thus far? Holy crap. So good. The future flash is really cool. And well done. Loved it. Fitzsimmons were holding hands. Les squee. Okay. So highs <laughs> do close. So Hive's new clothes had me laughing mostly because my mom had the re- great reaction of, "What the heck is this? You're not Neo." I clearly get my <laughs> love of, I clearly get my love of all things geek and fandom naturally. One of my favorite things about this episode is that we all knew Daisy would end up being the one to go on the mission, no matter how many things the team tried to change. Because as Fitz said, that outcome was inevitable. The thing that makes this episode work so well was getting down to see all the unknown variables like Andrew showing up and fall into place throughout the course of the hour that led to Daisy actually going on the mission. Uh, The two scenes where they simulate the fight from the vision were probably some of the best comedic scenes they've ever done without even trying to be comedic. Little touches like Simmons rolling her eyes at Fix's antics when he was fake dying, May yelling bang every time she shot someone, and then Daisy critiquing the whole thing at the end were so great. Robo Malik was scary, and I did not like it. The last thing he needs is more power, real or otherwise. Andrew showing up was definitely a surprise, and the scenes he had with May were heartbreaking. He basically admitted to wanting to be lashed full-time, which was surely hard for May to hear. The ward revealed to the team was done well, which is the split-second showing of him, and then their camera feed dying. All of their jaws dropped on that one, and I cannot wait to see that get explored more next week. Seeing everything play out like it did in the vision and seeing what certain things really meant, i.e. Colson shooting the mirror and not Daisy, Ash is raining on Fitzsimmons and so Snow, Charles saving Daisy instead of the other way around, was really smart. It proved once again how great the writers of this show are. And of course, I love the little Fitzsimmons scene where Simmons wanted to hold Fitz's hand because it, like them, is inevitable. Heart, eyes, emoji. <laughs> and now just a few of the best lines of the episode. May, you're hurting my brain. Lincoln, I haven't seen the original Terminator. Coulson, without losing a beat, you're off the team. May, I can't cause earthquakes, but I am faster than you. Coulson, mm-hmm. yeah, they got yeah, they got weirder. Simmons, I think we're supposed to hold hands now. Love, love, love this episode. Cannot wait till next week. And you know that if Malik is scared, shit is about to get real. Until next week, Morgan. Good, it's gonna get real. Mm-hmm. It's going down. It's especially if you look at real. the if especially if you look at the cast list. Oh yeah. Um Malik's son, Whitehall, all the people. Yes, <laughs> we're going to share more about that in our spoiler section. But for now, <laughs> we're going to tell you what's going to get real on this podcast. Got our next week's episode, because we dive into the closing. Next week, we'll be discussing episode 16 called Paradise Lost and listener feedback. Because if you're not sticking around for spoilers, we're just going to roll that pre-recorded closing. Good at our Across the Airways podcast network website, acrosstheairways.com. Again, that's acrosstheairways.com. You can check out all of our podcast shows, available as their own individual programs in the iTunes Store, okay, Google Play Store. Guys, for the podcast shows, cut our network. We have the DC Nation podcast, located at dcnation.acrosstheairways.com. Again, that's dcnation.acrosstheairways.com, which reviews popular DC Comics-related TV shows and movies. There's also the Marvelverse podcast, located at marvelversepodcast 
dotacrosstheairways.com. Again, that's Marvelverse Podcast, dotacrosstheairways.com, which reviews Marvel comics, related TV shows, and movies. Again, we also have Thronescast, our podcast dedicated to reviewing episodes of HBO's Game of Thrones, which is available at the website thronescast.acrosstheairways.com. Again, that's thronescast.acrosstheairways.com. In addition to these programs, you can listen to the original Across the Airways podcast, which is accessible at acrosstheairways.com, which reviews TV shows not related to superheroes, Core Game of Thrones, like The Walking Dead, Doctor Who, Star Wars Rebels, Supernatural, and more, including sitcoms such as The Big Bang Theory and The Muppets. Also, you can listen to Across the Airways, the DC Nation podcast, Thronescast, the Game of Thrones podcast, and the Marvelverse podcast, and the Mixed Radio Station, code by Jack Stifle, Stitcher Radio, or if you use Apple devices, download the Podcast Box app. And if you're on a Windows or Android device, you can download our apps from the Amazon Marketplace. And the Windows Marketplace has a regular Windows or Windows Phone app. Guys, for how you can contact us to give your own listener feedback on the TV shows we review, provide suggestions on how we can improve your podcast listening experience, or just want to say, do you like what we're doing? Email us at acrosstheairways.gmail.com. Again, that's acrosstheairways.gmail.com. Comment on our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter, got across the airwaves. There's no the in there, it's just across the airwaves. Join our circle, Kai Google Plus, or leave us a voicemail by calling 773-809-3363. Again, that's 773-809-3363. Also, when sending us an email, please mention which podcast show you're directing the message to. Get the subject line. Give you our sending us listener feedback you want us to read. God, the air. I would also recommend that you check out our YouTube page, which features trailers for upcoming movies, good television events. Along with this content, the ATA YouTube channel is a great source for panels from past Comic-Cons. And it will be a great resource to find videos related to the Comic-Con taking place in San Diego this summer to go along with our Comic-Con special. All right. So once again, for our other Across the Airwaves podcast hosts, Nico Reifstech, Wu Kim, Michael J. Petty, Got Steve Nostro. I'm Dan Schmidt. I'm Nikki Amy. I'm Josh McCray. I'm James Nathan. And until next week, we will catch you in the morning. that retains the memories of the body he took over. And that something has shocking plans for our planet. 
I felt it was time. Time for what? To reveal my true self. New Marvels, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Next Tuesday, 9, 8 central on ABC. So what you just heard is the audio for next week's episode where Morgan said shit's gonna get real. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode, entitled Paradise Lost. S.H.I.E.L.D. hunts for information on their dangerous new enemy and a shameful secret from Malak's past is exposed, threatening to destroy his Hydra legacy on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Spoiler alert, guest mm-hmm. starring is Reed Diamond as Daniel Whitehall. Yes. Mm-hmm. Among others. Among others, but... Mm-hmm. Powers Booth is uh, back, one... Mark, Mark DeCascos, Cameron Pilatus as a young Gideon Malik, which I'm guessing is why Reed Diamond is back. Because yes. we're going to have Whitehall, I mean, a young Gideon Malik. We also have another Malik, Nathaniel. Could that be a father? Or, or son. son. Or son. An illegitimate son, perhaps? It's shameful secret. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's That's interesting. Mm-hmm. But we've had a daughter. So there's a son. Yeah. Daughter. Maybe. We don't know. It could be his dad. Malik Twin Powers. Activate. Paradise Lost was written by mm-hmm. George Kitson and Charla Oliver, directed by Wendy Stanzler. I love okay. that more women are writing the show and directing the show. Yes. Well, they should be, because they have the, the most kick-ass women on television on the show so i agree yeah <laughs> perfect well game of thrones i can't can't doubt that show because they they've got <laughs> that's more like a mini series yeah but though. i mean that's true i just feel like um uh <laughs> game of thrones doesn't have um linda may so you know i don't think they i think we i think we <laughs> right. should win every time <laughs> you, you know i freaking love melinda may and i love ming na wen i think they're both they're it's there's almost no one better but Game of Thrones has dragons. True. Yeah, but still, I mean, in, May, if anyone can slay a dragon, it's May. May can just, like, get us back and snap the neck. <laughs> That's true. And if they ever got her on to that show, I would be extremely happy. Okay, but... Next week's episode, May is not fighting a dragon. <laughs> no, I think it's interesting. After Coulson tells, you know, Fitz, that, you know, not to tell anybody, May obviously knows or is told in this episode. Yeah. Well, you, you said know, you, you killed just... him. You killed him hard enough. <laughs> you said you killed him, but you didn't kill him hard enough. Well, it's kind of Fritz. Colton's confidant. So yeah. So it does make sense. Where they, they, he would talk with her, and she would say that again. May is in a dark place right now. So I bet she's mm-hmm. kind of like, God, I don't really care if you kill him. Big whoop. Yeah. pissed off about a lot of other things right now. Again, it doesn't seem like oh, yeah. we're going to get a lot of lash stuff next week. seems like it's going to be very... Kydra heavy. I'm thinking references to maybe some Agent Carter stuff if it's a young Malik. Possibly. Maybe some Red Skull references and things of that nature. Because, I mean, I would assume I don't know how young they're going to go with Malik. Goodness. Because I would think if he was like a kid, would that be in the 40s? Um, I don't I don't think he's old enough at all. Okay. He's Ter- uh, Powers Booth probably in his 60s so I mean if they said it in the 50s or early 60s Kippy. hang on I'm googling Powers Booth right now uh, could be hippie Malik <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm sure that I'm sure he was a hippie okay um Powers Booth was was born in 1948 so he's 60 68 
67. He's, his birthday's in June. Oh, he's in really good shape for his age. Especially since he's able to flip a table. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was like, who does he think he is? A real housewife of New Jersey? Jesus. <laughs> Can I also ask, why does the name Kurt Vogel give the credit sound familiar? Oh, yeah, he's, a char- sorry, he's a character. Oh, hold on. He's, oh, wait. He's one of the guys that like um, is supposedly going to show up on the panel list for Civil War, I think, in... Um, because I mentioned that like some of the people who are on the who are like going to be like part of the Civil War panel at, one, at con or something are actually like in the cast of the movie. So apparently, this I think this guy is one of the people who was on that who was in that list. So, but I, I think that there's a Marvel character named Kurt Vogel, and I can't place him. But that could be a Civil War reference. We're Google, 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 Google. Yeah, I'm not finding. Okay, it's just not familiar. Uh, he's a char- It's he's a character. On Agents of Shield, according to this, there's no biography or any information. The guest cast played by mm-hmm. Mark Atterbury, episode three, uh, episode sixteen, Paradise Lost. That's all there's information about. Okay, well, if he's yeah, <laughs> apparently Kirk Vogel is also a um, uh, mathematician from who works for DARPA. So. Okay, and it's also Kurt Russell's middle name is Vogel, so. <laughs> I found that out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be a good episode next week. Be interested to find out what more kid side we get on Hydra. Remember how what um Paradise that Paradise was uh the secret the home of the inhumans for um Jai Ying and her uh yes. plan? Yeah. So what if that what if Paradise comes back sometime this week? Somehow, some way. Or maybe it shows what happened to Jayeg and all that stuff. No, she's not listening Maybe. to the guest cast, well, but I was thinking it was more of a reference to the to the poem. Okay. Oh, that's true, too. Potentially. Forgot about that. That's a good point. Probably is. Never know. Because if we had Kyle McLaughlin back, that would be awesome. I think they would just reference that they're going to go do it. I don't know if we'd actually see it. God, Karen, right. That's what I know. It's more of a like they're setting up the mission to go or talking about it. But we'll see. I don't know. I'm not sure. Gonna, That's true. It's going to be a flashback episode, so enjoy that. And, uh, yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye, y'all. We now return to our regularly scheduled program.